Are you, are you Stretch Armstrong? <laughs> I am. I had a Stretch Armstrong. Of course you did. I performed surgery on him. It was filled with blue goo. There was blue goo inside? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, there's this like really weird sort of gelatinous kind of goo. What inside. kind of blue goo is that? I don't know. I didn't have like some sort of what, what was I like ten years old with a spectrum analyzer or something? I well, don't know. Well, you were a surgeon apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just had a knife. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's uh, it is Tuesday, the first of December, December one. Yep, two thousand fifteen, episode one eight eight. It's kind of a Cronkite kind of thing you have going on. Episode one eighty eight of the On Taking Pictures podcast. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, we're uh, we're here talking about photography. And stuff. Uh, Jeffrey Sidoris, here in D.C. Love that. Uh, Bill Wadman, up in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. What's Yo. up? Uh, and, uh, hey, before we get started. Oh, boy. Happy birthday, Mike Waller. It's Mike Waller's birthday today? Mike Waller's birthday today. Uh, Mike's up in what? Seattle, right? Mike Seattle, Waller. I believe. So, Mike. Yeah, nice guy. Happy birthday. Hope you do something fun. Or if it's uh, tomorrow... When you're listening to this today, then I hope you did something fun. Yep. Either way, uh, maybe go to the uh, what are they? What do they got up there? Pike's Place isn't that up there? Pike's Place is there? Seattle? Pike's Peak. Uh, Seattle. There's a uh, the Olympic fish National market, Park. Right? Oh, oh, oh. The the, the yeah the the where they the throw the fish market. around. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could do that. I don't think that's what somebody who was excited about Seattle would do though. If they lived in Seattle, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, hey, New Yorker, it's your birthday. Go to Times Square. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Yeah, enjoy. Super thanks. <laughs> um, hey, so tell me about this book you hey, wrote Hey, I was just going to say, you know what I'm holding right now? What, what are you holding? Uh, I'm holding a copy of Mary Berlin's new book. And how Berlin, is it? Uh, yeah, this is cute. Okay, so she does this kind of very minimal take on architectural detail and and she's got the great name uh, uh miramalism is what she calls it cute yeah it's great right uh so i i've been kind of sitting on this for a while because it, back in the summer um miri asked me to if i would would, would uh be be interested in writing the forward for the book which i have been a fan of hers for a while so i said of course i would love to right and uh so the book came uh on friday actually but I wasn't here, so I had to go pick it up. Uh, but it's terrific. Uh, it, the quality of the paper is really good. Where'd, it's you, like, where'd you it's, get it printed? I don't know. Someplace in, in Germany, but uh-huh. man, is it nice. It's it's not quite a luster. Yeah. It's It's got kind of a, a slight pebbled, kind of a toothy finish on it, but it's it's pretty thick. I mean, like like heavy business card stock thick. Okay. Uh, very, very nice. Uh, so she sent me a soft cover and uh, a lovely postcard that comes with it. And, uh, and then there, there's also a limited edition hardcover. Uh, the soft cover is seven by seven inches. Hardcover is like 11 by 11. Okay. So uh, terrific stuff. Put a link in the show notes. Uh, neat stuff. Really neat work. I, I like it quite a bit. 
Uh, I love her use of, uh, as I said in the post, I love her use of color and the negative space uh, works for me. Sure. And uh, so go check it out. See what you think of it. Well, mir- it's hard to say. Miramalism? Miramalism. Uh, is, uh, is, is, is an apt description. I kept I like writing it. it as Muralism. And she, she had to go, no, 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 no. It's not Muralism. It's Miramalism, like minimalism. Yeah, it's it's difficult. It's a t- yeah. it's a tongue twister, a German uh, tongue twister. Well, and she translated uh, my forward into German. So I, how do you I, know I, she said what you said? I know. I, yeah, I don't know. I know. I don't know. <laughs> Down the bottom is says Jeffrey Sidoris. The rest of it, a bunch <laughs> Could, of propaganda. I don't know. Could be anything. <laughs> I'm going to Google that business and see what happens. <laughs> what uh, and then uh, you? What's going on in, in New Orleans? Okay, so. Maybe a meetup in New Orleans uh, in March. What do you think about that? Do you think you could get there? Would you be Me? interested in getting there? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I could look into it. I haven't, been uh, to, I haven't been to New Orleans since 1991. Okay, I've never been. And when Pablo Johnson was here for the Red Beans Roadshow, we were talking about it. And oh, yeah. he said that there is a, a uh, St. Joseph's... Uh, St. Joseph's Day Parade, which is apparently amazing. Uh, it's uh, it's St. Patrick's Day, which I guess they do it up pretty nice down there. Uh, I don't want to be there during Mardi Gras for whatever reason. I've heard it's just way too crowded, and I, I don't know that I could manage that. It's like Austin very well. during South by. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Uh, but uh, so maybe the the like the week of the fourteenth through the nineteenth, twentieth, something like that. Okay, uh, we should look so into that. Think about it, kids, and uh, if you if you can make it, what do I keep whacking into? Oh, the chair. Um, you know, maybe that would be fun. Yeah, sure. So, what'd you do this weekend? Anything fun? Uh, well, uh, had sixteen people at our house for. <laughs> you sent me the photo. I was like, "What?" Yeah, uh, that was fun. Uh, you know, you know those those things, listeners, uh, where they used to like cram people into phone booths to see how many they could get. Yeah. That was Bill's apartment. With Sixteen people in our apartment, uh, yeah. including my mother. Um, so in, that was that was fun. Yeah, uh, I, I you know we get to cook. Well, well, once a year, you know, once or twice a year, you cook the big meals, right? Which is always fun. Yeah, uh, good. People stress out about that stuff. Where it's like, you know what? It's just just a meal, like any other. So you know, if there's a problem, you fix it. You know, well, food's a thing, though, right? Yeah, but it's like, okay, well, the the potatoes need a little more salt. Then put a little more salt in them. No harm done. You know, <laughs> it's. It's all relaxing. But they're cold. Just to be Bill. having fun they're here. Cold. Oh, it's a battle from the beginning. Get yeah. The so creme brulee torch out. I want to see a little golden brownness on my taters. There I always go. wanted one of those things. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. But I, uh, uh, I'm getting one. You're getting a creme brulee torch? Well, it's, not, it's not a creme brulee. It's a bigger version of a creme brulee, brulee torch. Because I don't want I, you to have a bigger version of that. No, no, no. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. <laughs> I, I'm trying encaustic. So one, you can either use a heat gun yeah. or you can use a torch. And I was like, well, wait a minute. If I can, you know, make you're stuff You're doing with this fire, inside? Like, yeah, I'll be careful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> can you please put like, le- could you lead line the room you're doing that in or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be good. There's other people in the house, you know. <laughs> Promise. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. So uh, I read this thing about whether visual stories make people care. This is interesting. So this is a very interesting article. So basically NPR has been doing, has basically been doing uh, photographic sort of slideshow stuff or with audio commentary tracks sometimes and all this kind of stuff for the past few years. Right. And 
they have done a sort of meta-analysis of whether or not um, uh, presenting information and work this way leads to people uh, being having a higher level of engagement. Yeah, yeah. More Is that engagement. a good way to put it? Yep, yep. That's okay. a great way to put it, sure. Uh, so – they, they they break it down into uh, ones with audio that that you play title cards with audio. Right, apparently is is a turnoff for people. It seems the way I read be, it. Yeah, but not. I mean, not by a huge margin, but it does seem that that people are less likely to click uh, when there's audio, which is it's strange to me because podcasting has has kind of uh, reached you know, uh, critical mass in terms of acceptance. Yeah. I think what this is though, this is like when you're browsing the web and mm-hmm. I, I, and I know from my own experience, if I go to a, uh, if there's a link to some news article and I click through and what it really is, is one paragraph in a video and I'm like on my phone in a public place or something, I'm not going to listen to that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'll go, can I just read the damn thing? I don't want to listen right. to something right. or watch a movie. I want to read an article. Um, and so I feel like there's a, there's probably a little bit of that in a lot of people. Um, yeah, but, well, but you they, like and the And they audio. break it down, uh, for the stories where begin performance fell flat, we can point to a clear reason. Put your headphones on prompts or similar notices that audio will be part of the experience. Of all users who saw a title card without an audio interface, 74.4% of them clicked to the next slide. If an audio notice was on the slide, only 59.8% of users faced with that title card moved forward. So if people knew there was audio coming up, they would say no to it before they even saw that it's there. Right. And interestingly, the low they have here, the lowest performing title card was on prompted users to listen instead of begin. Yeah. Interesting. Even even the, 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 the word choices have a, a, a pretty substantial effect. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, and then, you know, they break down who's listening or uh, who's who's watching what. They break down the engagement of each piece by percentage. To, to your podcast point, though, I think that while what you're saying is true, I think that people who are listening to podcasts are deliberately subscribing to a podcast. They're not just browsing around and listening to podcasts most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this is sort of a, a decision, a feed that they've subscribed to that they're then choosing to listen to at their at their leisure. It's, it it's, just it surprises me, frankly, because well, I like, like you said, I really do enjoy these types of of yeah. media, more media rich experiences. I yeah. like I like the context that audio provides i understand about the, the the you know having headphones or if you're out on your phone or your tablet uh, i get that it also takes time you can't skim audio or video mm-hmm. as easily mm-hmm. you know we're like you can visually look at an article and go oh i don't care about any of that okay oh here's this paragraph i'm looking for um i think that i think that for a lot of people it's ironic isn't it that for how many years that we've waited for the web and the internet to get to the point where we could have slideshows and video and audio and all these sort of more multimedia-esque kind of things that people said would would increase engagement if anything they do the opposite in mm-hmm. reality you know that people just want to read stuff most of well, the time well and it's it, yeah. What I what I really find uh, fascinating about this NPR piece is how deep they go in their analysis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, They they go on to hear. uh, Does this mean we should remove audio notices from title cards or stop doing sequential visual stories that integrate audio altogether? Not necessarily. As we'll see later, stories with audio in them perform better in other aspects that filter out the begin rate. 
Yeah. So it, it, once you get them in, it's good. There's also there they talk about how many slides in a, in a photo deck, for example, right, relates to completing the deck. So and apparently there's a there's a weak relationship where yes, the ones that are tend to be slightly shorter shorter tend to have higher finish rates, mm-hmm. completion rates. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I wonder if they'd ever done an analysis of let's say there were thirty pictures in a set, right? Mm-hmm. And instead of presenting them as a slideshow, you present them just just straight down the page, right? With their with their things, so they if, can just scroll through. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I would tend to prefer scrolling through versus having a slideshow in my own head. Yeah, I mean, and okay, so because again, you can you can just sort of skim down and say, oh, I like that one, I don't like that one. Oh, I want to read that tag. It's not like each one you have to, you know, step by step by step. It's almost like putting up speed bumps. Yeah, I wonder can we can we make any comparisons or or correlations for maybe some listeners and portfolio length? Well, that's what I was going to say. Is you know, that they're talking about Borderland here. 130 slides. So think of that as a gallery of 130 Way images. Too many. <laughs> completion rate of only 20 percent. Yeah, um, I think that that I think there's correlation there, and I think I wonder uh, kind of what I was wondering about with the with the all the way down the page versus a slideshow is mm-hmm. you know uh, I was at somebody's site the other day. In fact, I think it might be our photographer of the week where it is definitely a next, next, next. Mm-hmm. Like I I personally prefer to see thumbnails, and which is how I generally have my sites set up as a general rule. Now you lose the impact of bang one big image. Mm-hmm. It's everything's a double edged sword, I guess is what I'm saying. But, but it's, but it's, I'm sure that there are numbers that will tell you that one is better than another. Right. I wonder if that analysis has been done. We'll have to, you know, have to look into that. Uh, anyway, take a look at this because it's a great level of metrics here. I, yeah. I you know, and even, even NPR with, with, you know, millions of page views providing the data for this for this analysis. The no way they conclusion. ended up. So, did we make people care? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, it, yeah. It, even even looking at all this data, they don't really know. They say it's uh, it's clear that we're achieving high completion rates even on our lowest performing stories. Consider that Borderland, our lowest performing story with a completion rate of 20.1% and engaged user completion rate of 31.6% was over 2,500 words long. Uh, Go ahead. Well, does does this change your thinking at all as far as the way you present stuff? I don't I don't believe so. It's it's I don't believe so. I I, I think my my uh, my personal preference is still to have some sort of audio context, whether it's, whether it's a podcast or with an, an annotation. I've tried it both ways and I'm, I'm kind of looking at my own very, very limited data on it. And I think there's enough for me to keep doing it. Also, I like doing it. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and at some point you, 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 you make the things you want to see in the world. Right. So, so why not? Yeah. You know, if I enjoy the process and I have the time to do it, uh, it, it's it's certainly uh, a fascinating read to see what they've found. Uh, but I also I also wonder if 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 there's not something to do with subject matter that contributes to completion rates, the types of subjects that that NPR tends well, to tackle. Versus, well, I was going to say that the, the, the other thing you're not taking into account is the fact that we're talking about NPR and people mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. read at NPR are a certain kind of reader. Mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. that is not a 
cross societal sure. like snapshot, right? The sure, people who are sure. coming to NPR are generally people who will go watch, you know, watch a 30 page slideshow or mm -hmm. listen to audio stuff. Um, so in some ways you could say that the, the NPR thing is almost a best case scenario. I, I would say that's probably true. Yeah. Sure. sure. I mean, you know, they, they have across the board, uh, web content, podcast content that consistently, you know, it, it performs better than probably anything I'm likely to do. Right. Cause so, they're, they're all, it's, it's all uh, glow from 60 years of radio. Sure. And, and the quality's there. Yep. You know, that's the other thing is their quality is fantastic. There was another article making the sound, make, making, making the sounds. <laughs> that's funny. Making the rounds about the NPR sound and how so many podcasters are trying to get that. Welcome to on taking pictures. Yeah, sure. You know, um, but I mean, how come we don't try to do that? Because we're us. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, now, now that said, uh, I've been noodling on doing a mic roundup, uh, not, not different brands of the same kinds of mics, but doing a mic roundup, like doing audio samples of a shotgun mic versus a lav mic versus a condenser versus a dynamic mic, rather than just five different types of condenser mics. I think okay. that might be uh, valuable for, for people starting their own podcast because these types of mics, uh, as, as you have helped me to, to learn, yeah do very different things to your voice. They, they really do have different effects. On, although, on, although you've gone to a number of dynamic mics and stuff and have gone back to your condenser. I only went to one. I only tried one dynamic mic. Okay. Uh, and it was a mid-range, you know, low-range, low, low range, mid-range dynamic mic. Uh, dynamic mic. I like it. I like, the f I like the fullness of a condenser. Yeah. But there are those people who swear by dynamics. Okay, but if you if you sound good, and I think you do sound good on this mic, why change it? Oh, I'm not saying I'm going to change it. I'm just okay. saying I've, I've been. I want to do a roundup and do uh, sort of features and and audio samples from different types of mics, yeah. so people can hear what what these different types of mics, not necessarily brands oh, of mics, fair enough, sound yeah. like. The, the only problem with that is that basically all you're showing is what those brands and types of mics sound like on your voice. Right. Yeah, maybe and, you'd have to get, get a, a, a second or third voice. Yeah. What I would yeah, also like trick. to do is, I mean, I'm in a pretty dead room right now. Yeah. So I'd like to do samples in a dead room and then maybe go to a cafe. Yeah. And see what they perform like, and then maybe just an outdoor environment that's not, you know, kind of like what we did with uh, sure. with walking the mall. Yep. Uh, maybe not quite so so walk much ambient mall. noise. Walking the right. mall. <laughs> 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 yeah. Nineteen eighty-three. Welcome back. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, moving on. Uh, okay, so you wanted to talk about the Taylor Wessing Prize. I I don't want to talk about the Taylor Wessing Prize so much as I just I don't you understand. You want to talk about the aesthetic? Yeah, I don't understand what. There's a lot of contemporary photography that I don't understand. I don't yeah. un, I don't understand what's compelling about it. And yeah. this this Taylor Wessing Prize for those of you who don't know the Taylor Wessing uh, is um, a a photography prize a photography competition. Sponsored by Taylor Wessing, which I think is a bank. Isn't Taylor uh, I think Wessing it's a, bank? a law firm. Oh, it's a law. That's right. It's a law firm. My, my mistake. My mistake. Um, so 
Uh, that's the wrong link. Yeah, I'm I'm finding a new link. I, I we were looking at it yesterday. Apparently, the link died. So okay, we'll, Taylor we'll Westing Prize, huh? NPR link. Yeah. Uh, that was last year, though. Yeah, this is the. Oh no, the first one's here. Oh, it's Five Girls 2014. That was this year, right? Here, I've got a, I've got a link here. I'll show it to you okay. over here. So it is it is the uh, yeah. the the prize for the National Gallery. Um, sponsored by by Taylor Wessing. Yes. And I will tell you that in the years that I have either entered or followed this prize, and I think I've entered twice, um, uh, they, they flip between what I would consider uh, not pedestrian, but sort of very realist portraiture. Mm-hmm. In the sense that uh, the lighting is not the lighting is nothing special. The subject is nothing that stands out. Mm-hmm. It's it's all about it. In some ways, it feels like it's about it being ordinary, and that that gives yeah, it some I, sort I, of weight. Do you know I would love. To, yeah, I do. I would love to speak to you know someone on the curation or judging panel because I, I really don't understand what what they're what they're looking for now that said the the 2013 winner and I think we we both agreed on this in fact I think we even talked about it the Spencer Murphy picture yeah of uh, the the jockey the female jockey terrific portrait right. fantastic portrait and that's what I'm saying they, they they jump between what I would consider great portraiture in mm-hmm. in, in my sort of aesthetic and then this other stuff that is just to me very ordinary. So yeah, last it, year's winner, I would say, is is the same kind of thing with the the baby and the dog. Oh I mean, right, right, right. Yeah, it's okay. It's a cute picture, but yeah, uh, I, I I just don't understand what some of I don't understand what this type of aesthetic is is either looking for or trying or to say to. or speaking to. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't I get I kind of wonder sometimes whether whether aesthetics, and I'm sure this is true, but I don't know exactly how to quantify it, whether aesthetics go in long-term cycles, like a, almost like um, political movements go in cycles, hmm. mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> Where in the 1960s were 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 was very liberal, and then in this uh, like 70s it kind of tailed off, and then the 80s became really conservative, and you know, and then the 90s became liberal again. You know, all these kinds of like right. crazy sort of decade long shifts in politics. Um, I wonder if the same thing is true of aesthetics within, say, photographic portraiture. And of course, there are going to be people who are fans of all of these things on either side all the way through in the same way that there are people who are on the left and the right of the political spectrum, whether or not the people in the middle are shifted one way or the other. But, right. but, but, but there does seem to be some sort of, um, the, the, the idea that you may, if your aesthetic does not match the current zeitgeist that you might have to wait. I, yeah, and I don't even wait, wait for it to come around. You know what I mean? I, I don't even know that it's. The, yeah, I mean, there's part of that, but according to this, this this photographer who uh, David Stewart is his name, and terrific photographer. No, no disrespect. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, according to this is the 16th time Stewart has had a photograph in the exhibition, and if you look at his uh, uh, 2008 entry, which I just pasted into Skype for you. Uh, also called 
five girls. It's not that much different. Yeah. Is is that the joke? That he always takes the same picture of five different girls? It, Actually, yeah, they're the same girls. Is it is it is it iterative? Is is that is that yeah. maybe is the, he ta- the, yeah is he taking a uh, a sort of Last Supper esque picture of these five girls through time and mm-hmm. I so, don't know I mean so it, there's there's some a, angle that we don't quite understand because it's a whole other dimension right. in time I mean there, there's an interesting interview with uh, with Brian Eno who uh, who who says you know part of part of the way he feels about his art is he's he's been chasing the same theme over and over and over and over again his entire life, his entire artistic life and, yeah. and representing it the same way over and over again. And, you know, I, I guess that, I guess there's something to that. I don't know. I, I, I'm trying you, to find, you, you know how Letterman sometimes will, will land a joke and it doesn't land like, well, you know, pull a joke out and it doesn't land. Mm. And the way he makes it work is just by hitting the punchline over and over and over and over again. until people becomes, laugh. Until, but are they laughing at the punchline? Or are they laughing at well, the repetition? That, that is exactly my point. So like in this case, like is the idea of having five women sitting at the table, really that impressive or, or, or not impressive is the wrong word, really that engaging mm-hmm. or is it because he can now say, yes, but I've been doing it for 27 years and that's what gives so is it that, meaning. That, is that the art is, is the fact that this is an ongoing kind of yeah. iterative sitting. But if that's the case, then when you take one of the images out of context, does it, does it, doesn't, shouldn't it lose? It dilutes it or it, it, yeah. it, it runs the risk of diluting it, doesn't it? Yeah, sure. Cause like I, th- that, that is meaningless to me unless I happen to know that he's been shooting these people since at least mm-hmm. 2008, you know? Um, and, and, and what is this showing us? Is it, is it social commentary? Because look what's on the table. It's smartphones and coffees and whatever, where they, where they right. used Before to, it was, uh, used to McDonald's, be McDonald's. Breakfast or exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Ooh, look at how they've grown and how society changes people and blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. I just, blah. I, I, I'm trying, I'm really trying to understand the, the, the sort of modern, and maybe maybe it's not even modern. Is it post postmodern? Because it's not postmodern. <laughs> so you know, it, it uh, it's actually pre modern again. It's right? Like- who uh, I forget who put it up, but but Damien Hurst, I think it was cool. The Cool Hunter on Instagram put up a, a photo of a Damien Hurst piece, a gilded, a gold gilded skeleton of a mammoth. Okay. <laughs> okay. And and I I I just don't get it. I I, I don't get it. Is and so I and I and I asked the question back to them. I said, so okay, without the gold, it's just bones. Yeah. So is the art in the concept or in the execution? Yeah. Or some people just like looking at gold bones. And I but I I, I think <laughs> the same type of thing about this is the yeah. concept the art. Is is the backstory the art, and we're seeing a snapshot of the backstory? So yeah. that's well, and and and, and I kind of look at this as a portrait photographer. I look at this and say, wait a minute, this is a well-known competition. This is can be held up at least by media people as this is the best portrait taken in 2015 or whatever, you know, like that mm-hmm. sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And you go. Wait, that's the best portrait? To- there are four billion pictures in this world. Right, 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 right. people. That's the best one? Really? Um, 
so so well, there's okay. there's a certain decision that gets made that I that is questionable to me. I don't know. Go ahead, I'm just trying it? to understand it. You know, when when you and I uh, went to the Renwick, yep, their their new uh, their new collection or their new exhibit. There was some trippy stuff in there. There's some really trippy stuff in there. <laughs> uh, the tree specifically. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, they they have a, a tree in displayed. Horizontally, it's a section of a tree, and what they did was they went to this 150-year-old tree. Uh, coincidentally, the building that the Renwick Gallery in is in—it's uh, 150 years old. Yep, terrific building. It's right off of what's that? Is that Lafayette Park? That would, yeah. I mean, I, it's yeah, right in front of the White House. Right in there, front yeah. of the White House. So they made a a, a mold of the tree. Without hurting uh, the tree, they made a point to to, to make. Right, right. Uh, plaster, I'm assuming, maybe plaster and alginate or something, so it would separate, I don't know, uh, silicone maybe. Um, and then they, they, they have little pieces of cedar that are hand-shaped uh, and sanded and then glue-lammed up to by, form yeah. the tree. By, by teams of, of, of um, what's it called? Um people donated their time yeah strangers uh, they set yeah. it up on a storefront and if you had time you could walk in and you could participate so it was on on multiple levels it was it was an installation piece it was a collaboration it was yep. you know so there's technique there there that i get i get that okay. and i don't i don't know why that's different for me maybe because there's in my opinion which may be entirely wrong there's more process behind it there's more intent or purpose behind it Without knowing any sort of backstory to Mr. Stewart's work here, all I see is a portrait of five girls that, that looks like it was taken at a lunch table. So I don't know why I'm supposed to care about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even look at the, even some of the pictures that came in second, third, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that picture of the baby is actually really interesting. Um, the, yeah. The, uh, the, the third place, the, yeah, the portrait yeah. in uh, Nayuth. Yeah, Na- yeah, 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 yeah. The African beautiful for Beautiful portrait. Yeah. Beautiful portrait. Yeah. Uh, Peter Zalewski. Zalewski, yeah. Um, Even though the one of the woman and her kids is really nice. The, yeah, so why is, why is this group of five girls more compelling than <laughs> A group this of five of, disaffected first world white girls. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. is that more compelling than Amira, the portrait of Amira and her children? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is, to me, I find it a more engaging portrait. Yeah. Especially the the boy with his head down. Yeah. His yeah. eyes are intense. And 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 the the yeah. you know the other child kind of you know running fingers. And this is one of those things where let's say they got down to these five for a second, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. you and I were on the team of people choosing which one's number one, like would you would you ever put the the five girls in front of any of the other four personally no yeah right so there's a, that's an int- i mean so it just goes to show you that eh, taste is in the high of the yeah. beholder i guess the little the, the portrait of hector i i do the baby i think that's fantastic it, it, that reminds me back to some of the uh the little the little putti in in like boucher or fragonard's work or something yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah. Uh, so, so to me, there, there's a, there's a, um, kind of an ephemeral connection that I can go. Oh, okay, that strikes a chord with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is though to your initial question, which is, you know, what is this new aesthetic style, and why don't I get it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And maybe that, maybe <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how to 
to contextualize it. I think that's what I'm looking for is the context yeah. of, of what this means and why I should be engaged by it. Well, p- put it put it one more level deeper. Imagine if you were a portrait photographer trying to understand that aesthetic and mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and how to fit into that. If that if that is the new thing that makes people squee, it's just like, wait, what is it about yeah. this that and what, makes people and what squee? What am I not getting? Yeah. How do I get in this club? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because because I mean, it, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of portraiture by younger people who live where I live that I look at and I go, okay, it's a picture of a cool kid standing on a roof holding a beer, right? Okay, and you know what I mean? Like, but, and, but ma- and maybe stuff, I'm just out of touch. I don't know. There's some of the stuff that I that I don't get in quotes. Yeah, but I still find compelling that I don't know, like Ryan McGinley. I don't know why I like his stuff. And we've talked about that before, but I find it compelling. Right. Yeah. Well, there's that, whatever that intangible is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the problem with even talking about art a lot of times is that, you know, we could, we could sit here and we could discuss this image and we could put all kinds of adjectives and, and, and words to describe what it is we're seeing or how we see it. But none of those things are going to do as good of a job as the work does by itself. Are they? Sure, sure. You know, on, on, on some level, you're right. Yeah, aren't, aren't we just diluting whatever wh- by trying to describe whatever it is? We're just we're doing a crappy job describing. It's it's like yeah. a, it's a, it's we're playing telephone. It's a facsimile of a facsimile. I f- I feel like I need uh, uh, Sakasagawa to explain this to me because he's uh, he's terrific at taking those sort of well, how much intangibles, time you, <laughs> you know, and 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 going breaking them down so that so that I can go. Oh, okay. All right, now I I at least understand it. I may not agree with it, but at least now I've I've got yeah. some sort of common kind of vernacular. Well, if if he wants to come up with something or anybody yeah. else wants to come up with something, let us know. Uh, yeah, we'll let put us links know. in the show notes. Uh, podcast and on takingpictures.com. Yeah, thank you. It's uh yeah, I don't I don't know. It's um I was hoping that you'd give me some clarity, Bill. Well, look, <laughs> it's you know, there are years that I go look at the stuff that wins and I go, "Oh yeah." Right. That's beautiful. Right. Like, good job. Good on you. And then other times I look and I go, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't have a good answer to that. Uh, but I do find it fascinating. And I do think that that um, sometimes, and this, this, is, this is my own personal foibles or whatever it is, is that I think that sometimes decisions that are made in – in who wins a prize of some kind or some sort of competition at any particular time. I think that there 50 years from now, we will say, Oh, there were those two or three years there where judges kind of were off the rails in their own heads about such and such and stuff that doesn't speak to a a more consistent human view, like view of human nature. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand what I'm saying, like that there's, that there's a larger scale curve and some of the dots are not on the line. You know, yeah. Where it's like, Maybe. oh, they got really into this weird lighting for a while, and th- that was a two or three year period where no one really cares about that stuff anymore. Fifty years later, even right. though the stuff around it is is classic, you know. Well, and that's that's one of the things. I mean, it, it, you know, using the pen show for example, there were a lot of photos in that where you just go, oh my gosh, yeah, that's 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 the stuff. Yeah, but you and I are old. Maybe that's the problem. So so. 20 years down the line, are, are people going to audiences, uh, art lovers, are they going to look at these photos and go, oh, wow, these are, you know, that's, that's what I don't, what right. I don't think to? so, but, you know, yeah. 
Yeah. Apparently, I don't know everything, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 super super tough. The uh, here here's 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 one. I'm gonna send you just a quick link here in the show no- in the in the Skype. Like, there's an example of the kind of stuff that I really don't get. And I'll put this. Yeah, link sure. In the show put it in the show notes. Yeah, and I, and I just go, huh? That's uh, sort like of three punk kids on the street. That's yeah. Wins I mean, a that- prize? Are you kidding me? This looks to me, and I'd never been there, but this looks to me like what you would see uh, walking down some random something. street in Brighton. Yeah, I was just yeah, going to say Brighton. Exactly. Yeah. Which is is is, the, is, 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 the, is that it, though? Yeah, right. Is the fact that they've captured the, 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 the youth of Brighton circa 2013 what makes it so interesting and compelling. Maybe, and maybe know. we'll see something 20 years from now. We'll think, oh, remember how it looked in Brighton then? And it'll mean something in the same way that all the stuff from the 60s and 70s means something to us now. Right. I don't know. Right. But I, I don't think so. So that's, you now, know. Within the context of show me show me the 80s kids oh. in Brighton, yeah. show me 60s punks in Brighton, show me, you know, 40s. Yeah. Within that kind of context, I get it. But on its own, I'm struggling. Yeah. This, that's the thing. So anyway, yeah. podcast on takingpictures.com. Let us know. Uh, hey, so you put this in Whew. last week. We were sp- yeah. You want to take a breather here? Whew. I just, I feel, I just, I feel I t- like you on the steps of Lincoln. Oh, I take my fizzy water, just pour it over my head. Did you, did you Gatorade yourself? Conrad bought me uh, coloring books yesterday. Right. You know this adult coloring book craze? Uh, I do not know this. What? Where have you been? This is uh, the thing, adult coloring books. Okay. And uh, and so I, I was given an adult coloring book. and Like uh, adult coloring? Like- no. A coloring book made for older people who have skills in their hands. Oh, okay. Here here I've got this. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we'll put that aside. I'm using uh, <laughs> these markers from a company called Rakota. Okay. R I K O T A, and they're sort of brush markers, so they're like go to a point. Yep. These are really nice. Yep. Um, have they always made brush markers like this, or is this a relatively new? I don't invention? know about always, but I I had them in college. Okay. These are very nice because you could, you have you still have control, but it's mm-hmm. still just a magic marker. Uh, anyway, Pentel makes some as well. Okay, Same and thing. then uh, she also got me these things that are sort of uh, ridiculously awesome crayon sticks with fun peel to reveal action. I don't know. They're they're like they're like crayons, uh-huh. but you know the old the old pencils where you like unpeel it, like they spiral around yes. the pencil. Yes, they're like those. So that's how you huh. you show more of the of the crayon. So All anyway, right. I just uh, um, yeah. Anyway, coloring books. What was the point of that? Oh, that I you know need something to <laughs> relax from that conversation. Uh, right. So let's talk about aging. Segway. Uh, right. Hey, speaking of segways, you know those little uh, hoverboard things that everyone keeps talking about lately? Uh, yeah. The little two wheeled, two foot things. Two wheel things. Yep. Yeah. You have any interest in those things? Not a one. You know, they're, they're now illegal to ride in New York City. No, they are not. Yep. No, they aren't. Apparently, there's a new law. Uh,. Casey did a whole thing. Technically, they're illegal, but the cops could care less. He he talked, he talked to I think seven or eight cops, and only one said, said "Yeah, they're illegal technically, but we don't care." Yeah, uh, they're expensive too. They they say that they have a range of like five miles or something, mm. which kind of blows me away. It's like how big is the, the battery? Can't be that big in those things, and the motors have to be strong enough to like control the forward reverse momentum of of a 200 pound body right 
Like, how the hell does that work? They have them at the work? mall now. Casey did the whole thing. He's because he started with one of those, and now he's got this thing called a boosted board. Okay. Which is a more of like a longboard skateboard that's electric, yeah. and it's got a separate controller, like a wireless controller that you hold for speed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. Akin to remember the old slot car controllers. Sure. Yeah. Little baby, trigger. Yeah. 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 Those like are that. those are the, a thousand bucks. Something I don't know. He gets them sent to him. Of course he does. Because he's all fancy and whatnot. Um, I couldn't. I could, I don't think I could use these. I'm too heavy. I'm fat. Yeah. Well, I got to lose some weight. Uh, all right, let's talk it about happens. aging artists. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so this is a Guardian article, right? This is a Guardian article, and he's talking. The, the article talks about about uh, the the stages of of an artist, uh, and it relates to success and expectation and entitlement and uh, it, it, what I find fascinating about it is is where we're at you know every, everybody wants to be successful in their 20s or out of college or or uh, you know the ability to to sort of grow into a point of view or a perspective is at odds with making a living is that fair uh okay sure yeah uh, and, and we've talked about it in terms of music several times where, where, you know, Pink Floyd, bands like Pink Floyd wouldn't have made it now because they right. didn't have a hit out of the gate. Yeah. You know, every, everybody wants to be Adele, right? Yep. Um, and they're talking about art and artists. Uh, and the, the article, this beginning thing, the Japanese mastered... Uh, Hokusai was one day found weeping at his workbench because he believed he had not yet learned enough about drawing. He was 80. On his deathbed, eight years later, he cried out, quote, if heaven would only grant me another 10 years or uh, grant me 10 more years, I might still become a great artist, end quote. We may consider Hokusai a genius from childhood, but the thought, but he thought nothing he produced before the age of 70 was any good. Yeah. How long does it take to become an artist? Uh, therein lies the that's the, the big the thing the right and i mean okay well let's let's separate this though it's two things really it is it is that question separated from societal demands mm-hmm. you know um i i feel like there there when when media wasn't the media that it is now and social media and blah 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 blah, blah like the information overload that we we swim in nowadays I think that you could have somebody who just kind of did their thing and at a point at which they got to they got good enough or got noticed or, or met the right people or whatever it is, they kind of show up. And mm-hmm. of course, everyone's always loved the the six year old phenom of whatever it is like that's always been a thing. But very few of those people end up being the 80 year old guy who was once the six year old phenom, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. they burn out young. Uh, well, and that's one of the things that they that they point out here is if you if you achieve success very early on, mm-hmm. notoriety, success, etc., can you sustain that? Yeah. Or is 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 the the the, the pressure either self imposed or externally imposed too much to bear? Yeah. Or or is that external pressure to say become what you're going to be by age? I don't know. Let's say twenty five. Let's just say you know the 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 idea isn't that. 
I really that I let's say me in some weird alternate universe, right? Let's say that I said, I need to become this famous photographer by age 25 or there's no point in it. Maybe that's not actually my view, but it's my belief that if I don't do it by 25, society won't care. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's like that whole like second dimension of it, which is which is <laughs> both terrifying and off-putting and, and I think does a disservice to people just making stuff, you know? Um, yeah, so there's they- something in here about craft and enthusiasm, though. Go ahead. That, that 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 younger people have more enthusiasm maybe yeah there's there's but older there's people an, have more wisdom right uh there, there's a, a paragraph in here that the age of 50 brings the realization that you're now that you're in it for the long haul with all the hardship labor and joy everybody has talent at 25 degas sardonically observed <laughs> the difficulty is to have it still at 50 which is a great line that's a great line yeah um so, <laughs> so okay, but okay, isn't that isn't that quote? Everyone has talent at twenty five. The difficulty is to still have it at fifty, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Isn't that basically saying uh, everyone has? Uh, the, see, you could swap talent out for uh, the, the energy, the feeling of inspiration, the drive when sure, you're sure right? enthusiasm, so, right? So the, yeah. the trick is just to keep having enthusiasm when you're fifty. Like basically, just keeping at it is a big part of the is part of the gig. Well, because, yeah, when you're 25, you're not thinking about longevity by and large. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're thinking you about. Know? So, you know, you're thinking about does. Getting... <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Hundreds of podcast players just pressed stop. Wow. Go ahead. You know, I, I was thinking about uh, uh, Depeche Mode over the weekend. And they're all. In their fifties, uh, uh, Martin Gore lives in Santa Barbara. Andy lives in London. Dave Gahan lives in New York. They rarely talk to each other unless yeah. they're working. And I thought, if I ever got a chance to talk to Dave, one of the things that I would like to know is: is when you are working with all of this stuff behind you and all of the records and the tours and the fans and the this and the that. Do you still have anywhere in you that sort of wide-eyed enthusiasm that you had at 25? Is it still there or has has it become has the art become a job? Uh yeah, and I'm sure that has I'm sure that's true for some people. I'm sure that's mm-hmm. true for some guy who's a roadie for the Rolling Stones. I'm sure he's just like god, I'm sick and tired of Moving, you know, mix. Well, no, not, stand not, around. not the not not the roadie. Not yeah, the, but, I, but I'm saying the artist too. I'm sure that I'm sure that's got to be the case for some of these people. You know, so someone that's been painting or drawing. Yeah. Uh, is is there life after enthusiasm? Yeah. Is there a monotony to it all that 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 becomes the struggle, not the ideas? Ideas you've got, but now it's. You know, I've put in my 40 years and I guess it depends partially on where you're at on the continuum in, in terms of, of uh, are you making a living from your craft or your art or are you still at 50 trying to break through? Yeah, but you know now, what? There are people who are grumpy on all sides of that, you know, mm-hmm. people who are 25 and are grumpy that they haven't made it and people who are 50 who are still enthusiastic who never made a cent from it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I, no, it's okay. Uh, one of the other things in, in the article is is talking about older 
artists bringing ideas in and it's more difficult for older artists to bring ideas in because everybody wants the young hotness. Right. Well, that and there gets is into that. the social side of it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all, all I wanted to do was kind of bring it up and wrestle around well, a little bit. And, they then, and, they then you know. interview uh, a bunch of people, 24-year-old, 37-year-old, 49-year-old, right. 52, right. 66, 75, and 80-year-old. Um, I think I like Paula Rigo's paintings the best out of all this. Um, and but but what is what is interesting in in all of these people's talking, all their sort of little interview vignettes, mm-hmm. is that there is far more com- commonality between them than differences. In my when I, in reading them, like the words they use, the way they just choose to describe things. I mean, there, there's this slow movement from. Uh, uh, towards towards more of a um, slow down and enjoy yourself sort of aesthetic as you get older, of course. But but as far as the rest of it is, it's just like you know I do this because I kind of have to do it and I love doing it and you know what I mean. Like uh, it seems like there's less of a pressure though with regard to these these people that they've interviewed. You yeah. know, there's the the is it but the, the all the Richard older people. Deacon, yeah, go ahead. Saying, you know, the quote on the article is, I, I wouldn't like to feel like it'd be a failure to stop. Right. <sighs> but they're also talking to a number of people who are successful older artists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think they talked to anybody who hadn't like won all kinds of prizes and stuff. Right. You know, it's not like they talked to some guy who was 66 and tried painting when he was 20 and, you know, kept that in his garage and no one knows who he is. You know, they're talking about people who somewhat had some something of an artistic life as far as like livelihood goes. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, kind of skims it, too, because the younger people are still trying to make it, whatever that means. Uh, this Let's see. Uh, Susan Hiller, yeah. 75. To a young artist, I would say, just go day by day and see what happens. Don't worry about other people's judgment. If it resonates, then listen. Otherwise, pay no attention. Self-doubt is always present for artists because we have the job and the privilege of defining problems and then asking ourselves whether we have solved them. I tend not to look backward, except I have to say that as you get older, looking forward becomes more complicated. When you're young, you have some idea of the future. You're going to get older. You're going to get better at what you're doing. You're going to be in more control of your life. When you get older, it's a bit like being an adolescent. Every day is different. It's a strange thing. You're proceeding into the unknown, which is different from growing up and proceeding into the known. Yeah. That is very powerful to me. Yeah. You know, Especially and it ties, you and I get old. Yeah, it ties into to this idea of, of, you know, existentially, you know, you don't know when you're going to leave this place. But, you know, when you get to that point and, and make a conscious realization that that – you have more days behind you than you do ahead of you. Sure. For me, it's created kind of an impetus to go, okay, well, you know, now what? I always wonder, I I have the same tendency and I feel the now what, and I feel both an urgency not to waste the days ahead of me, but also an urgency not to waste the days ahead of my, me worrying about, wasting the days ahead of me. <laughs> you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's sort of, it, it both makes things far more important and it makes things far less important at the, simultaneously. 
See what I'm getting at that? I do. And, and I do. I, and I have a hard time. I, I struggle with those two, those two diametrically opposed urges. Hmm. You know, it's like, I want to take the time that I have to do whatever it is I want to do because I only have X days left. But at the same time, it's like you have X days left. Just breathe. You know, live live the life you want to lead. Spend 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 time with the people you love. You know, um, it's 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 a tough one. It's it, it's a very interesting. Yeah, it I, is. I, I will say though that I I do like the um, consistency in the portraits of all the artists with the red mm-hmm. fabric. I like that. I I guess I'm I'm <laughs> I'm just now yeah getting to a point where. I feel like I'm bringing something authentic to the table. Okay. I I don't feel as much as I don't feel as if I am manufacturing as much. I feel like I feel like I'm getting closer to expression and less and and away from manufacture, if that makes any sense. Sure. That I don't think I felt in my 20s or my 30s because I was so concerned with manufacturing something anything well is that just a matter of you figuring out who you are maybe or maybe that combined with with what i want to say but it's only been really in the last few years where and i don't want to sound like i've 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 given up on on producing anything or 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 putting anything out there but my focus has changed where if I if I focus on on hmm. okay the forward for Miri's book for example yeah. had I not taken an interest in her work and seen her work and and maybe even written something about her work the chance to produce something of my own e.g. the forward, yeah. never would have happened. And I, I find that if, I, if, I'm, if I'm focusing less on me and more on the world around me, that these types of opportunities are happening more and more and more. So the, the chance for me to do my own work is, is a result or, or a byproduct somehow of... of being interesting in the work of uh, of others i'm not i'm not i'm not saying it right it's not well, coming out right but. i think that that goes along with the sort of the differences between you and i we've kind of teased apart over the last 20 episodes or so where mm-hmm. for me coming up with stuff is more of an internal thing and i don't really like external influence where you seem to like the external influence like that drives you yeah, it's almost so, like the uh, the external influence unlocks the internal right. momentum. Well, and it, and it creates opportunities because a lot of the external that external stuff already exists. Miri's photos already existed, mm-hmm. and you can add your layer of frosting to the the the, the process of the book. See what I'm saying? But, it, but and I but I question the validity of all of that. Okay, wh- what do you mean? Well. It, I don't know what I mean. Wait, the validity I, of, of, of you working that way or the validity yeah, of the words that I used? Yeah. No, no, not the word. The words oh. are good. Okay. The, the validity of working that way. It's, it's a, because it's something new relatively. You know, in my 48 years here, it's only been in the last couple that, if I, that, I've, that I've gone, well, wait a minute. 
let's 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 focus the lens outward instead of inward and see yeah. what happens. Well, maybe the maybe the truth in it is that you are uh, as as much a commentator as anything else. You know that mm-hmm. that that it, that 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 it's your it's your spinning of something your spinning of something someone else made is 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 your addition but i i i feel like i still have to have skin in the game somewhere whether that's writing for myself or painting or so or, you don't think that that is enough for you i don't know i mean i question it or you know? is it is it that you you question it because it actually feels that way or you question it because that's how it looks I think it's more that it's how it looks than how it feels because I feel very satisfied when I'm doing it. I feel well, a great the deal of, it, of joy, right? you know, being a fan of other people. I right. feel a great deal of joy in that. Right. Okay. So, so, so why, why push it to that next question of trying I, to discount I'm, yourself? Because you know me, Bill, and I'm me. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> Yeah. I think if I that's know. where you feel comfortable and that's where you feel satisfied, then the hell with the rest of it, you know? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, you know, I had a, um, a, a slight tangent. I, I was over um friend of the show, Todd Reynolds' house the other day. Hey, Todd. Yeah. And, he got a uh, new, uh, what did he get? A new, it's not an iMachine, or it, machine, not iMachine, machine. It it's, is- uh, It's not a machine, it's the Pulse. Able, Ableton Push? Push, that's what is I mean. that is that what it is? The, the second push generation two. Push? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that thing looks cool. Yes, it does look very cool. In fact, I was going to bring that up. So I was okay. watching him work. We were writing music to a video thing we did last year that we never finished because we've been too slow. Was to do he the uh, at at the fiddle, or where was he at? What was uh, he? Well, see, that's the thing. So okay. um, I have written music in my life, and most of the time, I write music in a very linear way, where I sit down and I come up with like sort of a little nugget of inspiration, whatever inspiration is, let's put that in quotes, a little nugget of inspiration, uh, a, a line that I sing that I think is interesting and, and I'll kind of grow from there, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you come up with lyric or melody first? Typically? Melody. Mm-hmm. Lyric mm-hmm. is always a second thought. I'm a terrible mm-hmm. lyricist. I find words that fit. That's all I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, so Todd is, works in a completely different way and he's f- f- by far you know he's 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 on another order of magnitude musicianship as far as playing and writing and his seriousness about it than I will ever be but just i'm just i'm comparing the two of us just cuz we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. todd sits down in front of a microphone and he's got the little push thing and he's like okay let's do and he goes and then he goes to the next track he goes and he goes to the next track he's like and he goes to the next track. And then he pulls out some other like uh, drums and he records five tracks of those. And then he pulls out a bass fiddle and he tracks five packs of those. Wow. And then and then he goes that must in. Be so fascinating to watch. It is fascinating to watch. And but then he goes in and in, in Ableton Live, you say, I want these four measures of the thing I just played, and that loops nicely. And then I want three measures of this and six measures Within of that. Within the larger whole. Yeah. And then oh, wow. the idea wow. that you then take those, what you recorded, you take the the sort of cropped samples, you then use those and stack them and play around with blocks of them in Ableton. Wow. Now, wow. to me, and I use this in a conversation with him, like during, while we were doing it, I was like, this is like, I understand what you're doing and I could do that. But to me, it takes, it's like taking music and sticking it in a blender. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. It's like it's like you're taking something that was a hole and just kind of 
slicing it mm. up and then somehow putting it back together like Lego, which is which is a perfectly valid way of doing it, I guess. It's just like it's so it's such the antithesis of the way that I even think about music. Or it's like Jenga. Yes. You know, where you're yeah, you're yeah. you're pulling away and pushing yeah. blocks around yeah. to, to make sure the thing doesn't fall. Yeah, and the crazy thing is that then he'll, oh. whenever he finishes with whatever he's doing there, it may be that that ends up being just the bed for something he layers on top of that, right? Now this wow. is a, so that whole thing may get pushed pushed down. Exactly, that wow. might just be the crap that's underneath everything else, right? And 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 of course people work this way, and I know that people work this way, and I've you know. It's, it's like I'm, this is not new to me, but like at the same time, I'm sitting there watching him do this for two hours, and I'm just like, this is this to me is. I'm going to say this, and this is not what I mean. This to me is not writing music, right? Because it's not the way that I've ever seen music written. So it like almost doesn't make sense, you know? It's like if you, it's like if you went to see Pollock and you watched him paint, and you were used to somebody, you know, Delacroix painting with like little tiny brushes to add. You know, whatever's the thing. It's like, wait a minute, you're just pouring paint on the on the canvas. Like mm-hmm. that's not painting. Um, but but of course it's it's just a different way of going about it, and you get a very right. different result. Um, but it was but but it, uh, the, come, coming back to what you were saying, I feel like you know Todd is is a virtuosic and he hates the term violinist. Really? Yeah, he just doesn't like that term. Todd. Uh, Come on, man. He he is a serious, like, soloist violinist. He right, can play anything right. you stick in front of him. But he chooses to write music in this very sort of broken up fashion because that's what makes sense to him. You know, which is part of what our little video I, thing we I, recorded I love last year is about. Uh, the blend of, of a, a more traditional, yes. in quotes, instrument with... with taking things in a completely different direction using something like Ableton right. and the push and, and all of these different like controllers and effects pedals. Right. And right. I, I love that his, I've never seen him work, but I love just the idea that his mind works that way and is able to grasp these two sort of disparate yeah. worlds and, and somehow mash them together and make it work. And, and I sit there and I'm watching it and I go, you know what? Like I, if you gave me these tools and locked me in this room with some food, like I could use this. Like I knew everything that he was doing. I understood the moves he was making, you know, and, and the way he was even using this, the software. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay. That's kind of neat. I could do that. I don't know that I personally would find that satisfying though. Hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's where it comes back to you is that like you say you find that the, the, the way that you're creating now, which is to find creation and, and add to it in an additive way. Mm-hmm. You find I do. that I satisfying, but at I the do. same time, Enormously. you're questioning it. Well, I'm I'm questioning it because it's part primarily because it's so different than, uh, you know, what you used a, to do or a, how you think you should do it. Yeah, that's it's different than here's a here's a blank substrate and uh, a couple crates of of paint. Go. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. very different. But as I said, the interaction with with who I happen to be collaborating with and then the process itself and the end product, all of those things are are great sources of joy. Right. And satisfaction, if so, I'm being honest. So maybe the idea is, is, is if, you, if you don't fit into your definition of an artist by working the way you've been working lately. This mm-hmm. is, I'm just – I'm painting very broad strokes. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to throw out your definition of artist or just Maybe. decide who cares if I call myself an artist Maybe. or not. 
Well, and I seldom do. If <laughs> yeah, if yeah, I, I know, I know. We've and, talked. But maybe see episodes this gets us, ninety through one seventy three. Right. Maybe this gets us back to Taylor Wessing. Yeah. Kind of coming full circle, where where it's the definition that we're hung up on. <laughs> the definition of a portrait. Yeah. Not not the the nature of its creation. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 I in the Taylor Wessing example, I would say that that definition of what a good photographic portrait is has been condensed down from the larger pile of things that you could conceivably call portraits to mm-hmm. what is a good portrait. And now it feels like, well, we're just going to throw out the meaning of good now and we're just going to go back to that whole pile of stuff again. Interesting. Which which okay. which which it, maybe we missed something the first time around when we right. condensed it down. Maybe the world has changed so that the things that we sort of tossed off as as wrong is now right. Like you know, there's all kinds of stuff you could do in there. Well, and again, you, as as you mentioned, and I think you're right on. You're in this as a as a portrait photographer. You are you are in this rather than apart from it. Whereas yeah, I, yeah. I see this from a different perspective, which I think is one of, the, one of the great things about having these conversations together is because y- you, you bring in things that I don't and vice versa, hopefully. Yep. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I could see where, where you're kind of going, well, wait a minute. Right. If that's what people want, I don't do that. I don't even know what that is. Right. That's, that's, the, that's the bigger <laughs> thing. Not that yeah. you don't do it, but that that's not in your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even if, even if I did want to make that, I would feel completely unsatisfied making pictures that look like sure. that. Sure. And I've taken pictures that look like feeling, that. Yeah, yeah, like a and, knockoff. And I've, I've given them zero stars, Yeah, right? Yeah, like, those yeah. don't, they don't say anything to me. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh it's yeah, it's it's a huge question. And 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 just I don't know, spending time with Todd like watching him make stuff that way, it's like I'm wow, so glad just... you got to see that. Yeah, I mean it was amazing, you know. And so but but it was just it was such the antithesis of the way and I've met photographers who make pictures completely different than the way I make pictures. Mm-hmm. So, I mean it, it it happens. It's like and it's not about the validity of the process or even the validity of of the results, you know. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. it may be that like you know that 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 somebody's not into electronic music, and if they listen to Todd's stuff, they might say, "Well, this doesn't speak to me just because I don't listen to electronic music, or this doesn't ever make sense to me." In the same way that I might write a string quartet, and people go, "I don't really get classical music." Right? Can you, know? you put up? Uh, does Does he have some of this stuff available? Sure, I'll I'll find some. Yeah, yeah. Now, was this the first time that you had been? In, in that type of a session with him in terms of composing? Uh, I mean, I'd seen him mess around a little bit, but I've never seen him actually start from nothing. I'd, I'd love to hear what he created while or what you guys you know worked on. I'd yeah, love to well, hear. It, it will be the it's going to be the score to this 12 minute interview video. So, ah, OK, when it's okay. done, you will definitely hear it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well but uh, we will find some stuff. But uh, anyway, it was a good time. Cool. Uh, hey, why don't we? You want to table wanna, some wanna, of this stuff? Let's 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 table the rest of this stuff till next week. Where are we at? Uh, an hour and five minutes. Yeah. Well, the, the Holga thing we can do. Okay. Here. Let's do the let's, Holga thing. Holga. No more Holga. And we'll save. It. Yeah. Okay. Let's just put it. Aren't there enough Holgas out there? <laughs> However, I did read this thing. Did you read the, the, the part where they said, according to the factory spokesman in China, all Holga, to Holga tooling has already been thrown away and there's nothing available for sale? So, like, yeah, they didn't so, even try to sell it. They were just right. like, no, we destroyed it. It's gone. Suck it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Now, the, 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 the practical upshot of this is they were such simple cameras that I'm sure uh, if someone wanted to pick yeah. up 
aren't there equivalent uh what's yeah. the lomo cameras and stuff you know what i mean mm. uh and i'm sure that there are enough of these little plastic cameras and crappy lenses around that you know what i mean it's just kind of yeah interesting uh Changing hey times. another thing that's going the way of the dodo Okay, so Put for next week, uh, yep. we can leave maybe leave the Bowie thing in. Sure, actually, yeah, leave the leave the Bowie thing. Uh, David Bowie has a new record coming out in January. Okay, called Black Star. Okay, uh, the video is is uh, is up, which is more like a, a short film. Uh, Johan Renk is the director. And uh, there's a terrific interview in uh, on Vice with him and talking about creativity and metaphor and explaining your work. And we wanted to talk about it, but we're, we're kind of out of time. All right. We'll talk about that next week. You, you know what I did dig just very quickly. Yeah. If you look at his store page, Bowie's store page. Yeah. One of the things I, I am fascinated by is the monetization of, of how, he, how they're producing this. You want the CD? Fine. You want the LP? Fine. You want a CD and a litho? Fine. You want an LP and a litho? Fine. You, you know, there, there are yeah. all of these packages. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would, I mean, you probably can't find it anywhere, but I'd love to see metrics going back to the NPR piece of who's buying what. What, what are, what are the top sellers? Is, well, these are, yeah. This, I mean, and he's the kind, of, but he's the kind of artist who has super fans who will buy crazy lithos and stuff of his. Probably work. multiple editions of exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's like that. Uh, uh, um, actually, in reference to one of our other uh, things, uh, the the Anton Corbain is apparently quitting professional photography. But you know, I think you mean Anton Corbain. Corbain. Yeah. Um, and you know, there was that there was that crazy book that I bought of the Tom Waits and Anton Corbain, right. You know, stuff and like, what's that up to now? By the way, well. The lowest priced used one is five hundred dollars. The next lowest priced used one is nine hundred and eighty dollars, and then they go wow. up from there. New ones start at thirteen something and go up to eighteen something. So I mean, and what was it? A couple hundred when it 200 came out. Two hundred bucks. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just saying that, like, in the same way that people who are crazy about Tom Waits and Corbain will buy that book for two hundred bucks, people will buy this Bowie stuff. Um, but yeah, we could talk about that next week. Oh, well, let's watch the video and we'll talk about it next week. Um, uh, what Prestel else? Prestel has a. I'm just looking. Prestel has one a Corbain book called One Two Three Four, hardcover. Came out in looks like in June. Okay. His last gasp of photography. I guess. <laughs> I like his stuff. I, uh, he seems cool. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right. Uh, so yeah, talk about that. The the Don McCullen thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, uh, sounds good. Yeah, uh, we'll put, yeah, okay, so yeah, and then there's a, yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, photographer uh, Don McCullen, British guy, uh, who's like 80 years old, says that digital images can't be trusted. So we're going to talk about trust. War photojournalist. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, uh, almost got killed by a sniper, but the, uh, the, 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 the sniper's bullet hit his camera, and he still has the camera. <sighs> That's why old metal cameras are better. I think, uh, Nikon F, I think it was. That he was using. Uh, and then, yeah, I want to talk about this Time Inc. stuff because it's interesting. This ASMP thing? Yeah, the ASMP and Time, but we'll talk about yep. that all next week. Okay, so um, good stuff next yeah. week. And 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 we're going to talk about Jim from Seattle's voicemail because that's yep. good too. Thank you, Jim. Uh, how do people do with uh, Twice? Uh, really well. Yeah. I mean, come on. You guys yeah. know what's going on. Um, 
I want to I want to address. Uh oh, teachers getting serious. I want to address Jason's letter. Okay. But we'll do it next week. Jason, thank you. Jason Fosera in uh, Portland, thank you for the letter. Uh, lots of really good stuff in it. Um, I want to talk about a couple things, and then I'd rather I, – I've got a response to you that I don't want to you know, share on the show. But um, thank you for writing it. I keep meaning to reach out to you, and I keep forgetting. So I, I blame – I don't know what I blame. <laughs> I blame Bill. <laughs> Bill's fault. Wait a minute. What? Uh, okay, so twice. Lots of good stuff. Um, Millie, good stuff. Uh, Andrew, looks like uh, wandering around Detroit, posting some really cool stuff. Uh, I'm a little bitter at, uh, at Shepherd Ferry. Why are you bitter at Shepherd Ferry? Well, because their store still sucks. Oh, their since, online thing. Since 2007, their web store has been horrible. Sure. He released a new print. Just do it on Squarespace, dude. Uh, okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what they should do. I'm going to tell you what happened, and I'll tell you my solution very briefly. Okay. So you add this thing to your cart. Okay, the print, they release them at a specific time. Okay, at 1 p.m., which is 10 a.m. Pacific. Refresh the page. There it is. Add to the cart. Good. Click to checkout. Pay, pay with PayPal. Good. Click that. Click pay with credit. As you, you know, you log yeah, into yeah, PayPal. Yeah. Click pay with credit. I click on, on yes, pay with credit, complete the transaction. It sends me back to Obey with a message. The item is now sold out. You have nothing in your shopping cart. Yeah, because you took too long to go through the process. Okay. I, it, wasn't even, it wasn't even 101. It what took is the less faster way around? Okay. Wait, what were you trying to buy? Uh, one of his new prints. Okay. Here's the solution. You do the same thing that, that sites like Live Nation or Ticketmaster You have eight minutes do. to finish this. You game. have yeah. three minutes, whatever. And then he, he's going to sell them out. He sells out everything that he produces, but then it avoids this kind of shenanigans. Shenanigans? Shenanigans. Okay. Oh, it's so, it's so maddening. Were you because trying to buy the French one? Yeah, the one with Paris. Yeah. So... Damn it, Shepard. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So, good stuff. Um, there wasn't... Okay. So, there wasn't a lot of diptych photography taken. There weren't, there weren't a lot of diptychs posted. There were, there were people tagging things twice, but uh, I would like to have seen more. Still good photos. Would like to have seen... <laughs> Two different points of view, two different times of day, two different perspectives, that kind of thing. Very, very third grade teacher right there. That was good. Yeah. But uh, I like Tanya's uh, one of the uh, table with the light changing over time. Mm-hmm, Thanksgiving mm-hmm. table. That was a good. One. Yeah. There's so anyway, day. so good stuff. Very good stuff. Keep them coming. Um, All right, what's, comfort. What? Comfort. Comfort. Okay. Mm, I have a, we have a, a cozy new comforter. Does that does that count? Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, yeah, not going to give too much. Hey, and uh, a little a little shout to uh, Connors and Millie who who met up in Montreal. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, we can. Uh, we, it's, it's so nice when people meet up. Yeah, separately from. So there were, us. you know, like I say, there were lots of good good photos. Uh, I I just wanted to see more of them. And All right. Well, it, it was Gates, the holiday weekend. Frosty seaweed. I love that. 
Do you see those? Yeah. Yeah. That's a neat pattern. Um, yeah. So comfort is the next one. Have fun. Enjoy. Enjoy. Uh, this, this week's photographer of the week came via David Egan, who sent it to us yesterday, which it was just, it was such an interesting one that I, I felt, uh, the need for, uh, actually it was two days, three days ago. Um, I felt the need to, have you seen this guy? I, wa- I looked at it this morning. After Did you watch the video? Seen- yes. Yeah. Jeffrey's going to like this guy. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> do. <laughs> this guy's name is John, what is it? Chiara? I would say, yeah. Chiara, Chiara. Okay. Oh, who, Kiara. 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 Okay. Who who has built a super large format camera in a box that he has on a trailer on his car. Yeah. That he drives into position, sets up, gets inside to figure out focusing and whatnot, uh, and then sticks basically a piece of photographic paper inside uh to that gets exposed and then he takes that and then he has a big giant like 12 inch or 18 inch uh uh plumbing pipe like a water main pipe that he capped at both ends that he uses to agitate and process the image he actually pours the chemicals in and then rolls this this 18 inch or whatever uh tube up and down across his his uh his floor which what is kind of cool the- Oh, do you remember the, the there was a uh, a tube developing system much smaller in scale, uh, <laughs> 80s, 90s. It was red and black, but same kind of thing. It had a motorized little base that would zzzz one way and then zzzz the other I way. I do not remember that. I'll have to look it up. Cibachrome. Okay. It was a Cibachrome system. I do not I don't know remember. specifically. Okay. Um, he's been doing this since like 2003, apparently. Uh, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, I, this is one of those things where the process is way more fascinating to me than a lot of the images. And some of the images I think are really great because they're just really interesting, like the way uh-huh. that they're set up. Um, and and he's definitely not going for photographic perfection like a lot of large format photographers are. Correct. It's he, it, I he think wants it's more the, the experience yeah. and and yeah the yeah. He even said the exposure, he just, um, uh, he basically uh, uh, guesses what the exposure should be. He doesn't time it out. He doesn't use thing. He just opens up the shutter and like leaves it there until he thinks it should close. And he gets a feel that it's time to close it, uh, which is crazy. And then I guess. That's what you should do at your next portrait shoot. Just. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'll have to go down to ISO 50. <laughs> I, was, I was hanging out with uh, uh, my friend Alex yesterday, who's a medium format Hasselblad guy. And he's just like, yeah, you could get one of these things. They're so cheap nowadays. You could like get your little rig. And I was like, yeah, but then I'm stuck at ISO 50. He's like, yeah, anything above 100 sucks. And I was just like, well, I can't shoot at 50 all the time. <laughs> like sometimes I got to go to a room and shoot with window light. You isn't, know? isn't there a, a 400, a Provia 400? No, Don't he still make digital. That? Oh, digital. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was like, you can buy one of these things so cheap now, these backs. By the way... Get, get the uh, 645Z. That's yeah, what, if, uh, if I did get anything, that's what I'll get. But the, the, apparently, you know, the, the Hasselblad back that looks like it matches the back of the 500s? Yeah, you the know that 50 one? megapixel. Yep. Apparently, you can't rotate the back. So you have to rotate the camera. And the... the, the, uh, the Wait, isn't it square? No, it's not square. It's the same sensor as in the 645Z. Oh, I thought it was and a square sensor. No, not only is it not a square sensor, but it's horizontal. They have it in landscape orientation in the camera. 
they don't have it in oh yeah which is probably why those things are now on sale for like half price because people are like what so if i want to take portrait images yeah so anyway, yes, uh, these are very, very cool. Go check like out his these. site, and there's a uh, we're going to put a link to a, uh, a video in the show notes, which is super fun uh, watching is. him do his process. I like the color. I like the sort of expired film look yeah, yeah. of he, them. He's definitely, and this thing is definitely hacked together, right? This is like bolts and painted metal and... Okay, but like, wait a minute. It's great. What? These are positives. Yeah. He must be using positive so paper. So he's using a direct positive paper? I'm assuming so, unless unless he's doing a contact print from a giant negative, but they don't show that in the in the video, right? They just show him take the picture and then roll it in that big giant thing. Yeah, he's saying they're ilfachrome, which is a direct positive, isn't it? Is is ilfachrome positive? Uh, alpha chrome coming in on a Ciba chrome is a dye destruction positive to positive photo. Oh, okay, so it there is. You go. I have never used this stuff. Yeah, if I had an eight by ten camera, I'd use it. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, I wonder. Hey, Wilkening, if you're listening, have you ever used this stuff? Yeah. Anyway, wow. interesting good stuff. So, yeah. uh, John Kiara. John Kiara. Thank you, David Egan, for sending it in. Uh, he's a good catch. Uh, got Wait, anything else? A, David, David, David Egan's a good catch or John Chiara's a good catch? Well, they're both good catches. Are they but, both good catches? But uh, I would say that in this case, <laughs> uh, John Chiara is a good catch. <laughs> okay. Caught by David Egan. Caught by David That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now release him, David. Uh, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Uh, we are at Bill Wadman, at Jeffrey Zadoris on the Twitters and Instagrams. Hey, and, real quick. Yeah. Uh, have, have you made the uh, the transition to how you were going to change using Instagram? And, and if so, how is that going? Um, I have posted, uh, I think, four things on Instagram since I got back from my trip. Um, eh, maybe six things. Uh, and I have started putting, I, I put up a Drabble last night just for you. Wait, um, wait. Wait, shh, wait. Yeah. Uh. Uh, which, uh, which got a good response. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I'll, I'll show you. Yeah. And, uh, but yes, I'm starting to put more serious stuff on, except for this one. Oh yeah. I remember that one. This, that's, the, a, that's terrific. Wait, scroll down in my, can you find my stream? Scroll down in my stream a couple where you see the, the, the black guy on the wall. It's a, it's a stick up at the Uniqlo store. Oh yeah. Bad sticker placement. Right. <laughs> With, and then with the ears, yeah, bad uh, sticker anyway, placement. Three, four, seven, six, eight, seven, ninety, four, eleven. Leave us a message. Uh, we're going to you talk about one of those messages next week. Um, and so uh, we like getting those messages. Yeah, uh, we do. Yeah, we do. You got anything hey, else? Hey, uh, uh, January twenty eighth. Yes, the Gosian Gallery. Yeah, it's in my calendar. Uh, Gregory Crudson Cathedral of the Pines. I know where I'm going to be on the 28th in NYC. Oh, you're finally going to come to New York, huh? Oh, is it like that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Have I been to D.C. since you've moved oh, there? Oh, do you have family here? <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Thursday night. All right, yes. we'll figure it out. So uh, that's going to be fun. Hey, we'll do okay. Uh, next week, what do we got? Uh, that'll be the 8th, December 8th. Yeah, we got plenty. Is is there uh, is there anything significant about December eighth? 
December 8th, 19 The day after the day that will live in infamy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. But we got good stuff on the, on the docket. Yep. Yeah, we do. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you later. Go do something fun today. Make something. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to. And yeah, I think I might pull out my uh, Hasselblad with the 3200 speed instant film. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, I think I still have. I still have a pack of it. Yeah, that would be very fun. Uh, all right, go do your thing. Talk to all you right. later. Thanks, guys. See ya. Going on and on the way we are for so Say